0: Another episode of Cowboy Jeff and Andy. My guest today is Jeannie Sparks, Associate Director of the Santa Barbara County Action Network, SB CAN. They are a local environmental organization here in Santa Barbara County, and we're going to talk about watershed management and the time where we went to Washington, D.C. for Santa Maria Day. So thank you for joining us, and stay tuned. Hello, this is Andy on the mic. Good morning. I hope you're enjoying our improved production value. That intro song was, fi- was a parody of a very famous group, called The Runaways, and, it, and the song was called Cherry Bomb. The Runaways were a punk group uh, in, the, of the, in the late 70s in Los Angeles and featured Lita Ford and Joan Jett. Joan Jett went on to have a very successful solo career, but they were one of those early, early, I'll call them girl groups, I guess, I don't know if they would really do as well in the woke era. I think Lita Ford wore lingerie. So I don't know if their costumes would maybe work as well in 2023, but we could appreciate their music. And really they started that punk scene in Los Angeles in the 80s, which uh, growing up in the 80s, I love so much. What happened to me this week? Let's see. Well, I went to the future leaders of America and that it is just a, such a great organization. They train our youth at all the high schools in speaking, They go to camp every summer, and teach them leadership skills. And I, I just really appreciated seeing these young faces and really hearing from them about how they feel how they feel about the arts here in the valley. I did find out that Santa Maria High School does not have a theater program and also does not have a choir program. And I'm not sure exactly why that is, but I know that school districts this day and age, they want to focus on those test scores. And sometimes the arts is just viewed as something extra, something they might get a teacher to do for a little bit of money and not part of their core mission. And I I was just there to tell the future leaders and anyone else that, that the arts is big money in both in Santa Maria and in California and the nation. And that we have a certain amount of kids that are that are oriented toward the arts. Uh, kids that may not be as successful in reading or math, but everyone has their special talents. And to me, the arts education is a civil rights issue. We must teach a full program for the full spectrum of intelligences that we have among our youth. Oh, also I found out that that Pioneer Valley, a lot of their... Classrooms that they have a new art center there. A lot of their classrooms have been repurposed to other content areas, and there's just less space for the arts over there at PV. And maybe, maybe, uh, cowboy Jeff and Andy listeners, or and also FLA, maybe you know that's why I'm doing this podcast is to try to build an audience to promote a better Santa Maria. There is a lot of exciting things going on in the arts. Uh, the Santa Maria City Council voted to go forward with an exploratory study of a performing arts center in Santa Maria. Boy, do we need that. And they're going to do a feasibility study, and they're going to come back in May. Also, uh, the state has approved Proposition 28, and so uh, myself and the elementary schools, we are devising a plan to improve arts for all kids and also hopefully that money will get up to the high school and so having some money is a, good, is a good problem to have. I'm also very excited because I was able to arrange a trip with the Central Coast Comedy Theater to Chicago. Is that called the city with broad shoulders? I'm going to have to check on that. What do I know about Chicago? I was there when I was a kid. It was hot. And I know Du Bears. So it's supposed to be supposed to be cool there. Chicago is where the famous Second City Comedy Theater is. Uh, if you guys don't know about Second City, uh, it's where Gilda Radner, John Candy, John Belushi, Bill Murray, many, many actors. Stephen Colbert came from uh, Second City. And Chris Redd, who's a younger comedian that has a lot of comedy specials. So I'm just so excited to go with someone that is from there that can show me all those dive bars and show me all those haunts where the greats lived in that cold, depressing weather. And we know that cold, depressing weather creates miserable people that also create great comedy. So I'm really looking forward to that. Also maybe get a little love the blues. So I'll let you know how that turns out. I uh, am taking a, a week off from the Cowboy Jeff and Andy podcast, and but I will definitely bring you some bonus content or some content from Chicago and let you know about our trip. So anyway, enjoy our interview with Jeannie Sparks, and I will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Thank you. today with the Associate Director of SB CAN, Miss Jeannie Sparks. Hey, good afternoon, Jeannie.
1: Good afternoon, Andy.
0: So great to be here. Well, you said you had, a, I, I've been really reminiscing about this podcast experience because I did college radio and and now all these kind of skills are coming back. And you said you have a radio background.
1: Yeah, I worked in radio for a little while in South Carolina. I was with uh, station WNMB, but I pronounced it WNMB and got in a lot of, a lot of trouble. <laughs> but I finally learned to say WNMB, the sound of the beach. Well, thanks for listening in North Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, and Socisty. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs>
0: So you thought about going? I thought about actually going into the radio industry as well. My my one of my best friends is still in the radio industry in Sacramento.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I did it for a year, but my end goal was going to be TV, and instead I ended up in um, in newspaper, and that was fine. And then, so I thought eventually maybe I'd get into TV, but um, I didn't go that way. I ended up in politics instead, and then in the non nonprofit world. And so here I am in Santa Maria instead of. Instead of following my hero, which at the time when I was in college was um, Koppel, Ted uh, Ted Koppel, Koppel, Hmm? and he was broadcasting about the Iranian hostage crisis. I'm going like, wow, this guy is just so smart, and I'm just incredible. I just want to be just like him.
0: He's Canadian, so.
1: Yeah, and he's a male, so I couldn't just be, (laughs) yeah, that's the deal. (laughs) They sound smarter at least. Well, you know, I found out later that his he had always been like a news rep, um, print reporter, and just ended up in the broadcast world. And so that's probably why he was more in depth than a lot of them, because you you do that in the print world. So yeah, he was my hero, and I thought that was great. But I didn't go there; I took a different route.
0: My nephew's studying journalism at UC Santa Cruz, so we'll see how that goes. Oh, okay. It's a rough business. There's been a lot of changes, and. We can talk about that uh yeah, yeah I would like to talk about local media a little bit.
1: Yeah, that internet world has changed everything. It's something else. Well, good luck to him.
0: So you're from the from the area and when how did your family get up here and
1: Well, I was born in Florida and my parents had lived there for 15 years before we moved here. I was just 7 when we came here and Then, you know, us kids were going like, why are we going to California? We like Florida. It's just fine here. But my dad was an aerospace engineer, and he decided to change companies, and he started working at the base, and they called it the Western Test Range back then. They um, were running, he was with the company, ITT-FEC, that was running the base at the time. He had been with Pan Am, which ran the Eastern Test Range, and that was a really good one to be with because you got flight privileges. Oh, but, but yeah, but he left them. Then We didn't have that anymore. Um, so we came out here. It was cold and dry. We came in July, and we're putting our sweaters on, and people are going, you're crazy. It's warm out. We're going, bur- 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 bur. no, 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 it's cold.
2: <laughs> it took a while to <laughs> adjust to, to that,
1: yeah. Then we moved up to Seattle for three years, so Dad could work for Boeing, and then we came back down here. And I'm going, like, no, not Santa Maria again. I really don't like Santa Maria. So I graduated early, went to college in L.A., Stayed there for seven years, went to USC. Then I went to South Carolina, where they had the other USC, University of South Carolina. Of course, I didn't go there, but I was there for a year. And then I decided, oh, you know what? Santa Maria's not so bad. I I didn't really understand the culture that well in South Carolina, and my parents were still here. And I thought, well, they're they're getting older, and Santa Maria's not so bad, so I'm going to go back. Hmm. I've been back ever since, 86.
0: Now we first met. I I met you uh, right off when I came to Santa Maria. I was a city planner and uh, for, and
1: yeah, yeah for for a developer. Yes, I yeah. worked for the
0: the developer but that a, was
1: a very good company, and she, and she still runs a very good company. She's Urban still, still around Concepts. today,
0: Laura at Urban Planning Concepts. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I was doing. I think we did leadership Santa Maria Valley together. That's
1: right. That's right.
0: And um, we were on TV together. It was uh, about uh, livable communities or
1: yeah. something like that. Yeah, and we were doing, in in that Leadership Santa Maria Valley, you work with a small group and you do a project day. And we worked on a project day that involved the Guadalupe Dunes.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And
1: unfortunately, I had to be out of town on that day, but I kept telling you, I don't know, because, you know, it gets really windy sometimes, and, and we got to be careful about what time we schedule that for. Then, of course, I was out of town for it, so I don't... And I think it did get really windy, but I don't know. I, I heard it went it still went off well.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I think it did. And I remember I organized a, a diversity day with Leo Cortez and, and Cafe Monet. That was... Uh, and it was on diversity issues and oh. and that was way back in the in the in the 90s so way
1: back the I, 90s I'm always ahead <laughs> I'm always ahead <laughs> Podca- well
0: it's funny because podcasting's been around for uh since well since the early 2000s but uh now, local, pod, we get everything 20 years late up here in Santa Maria. So <laughs> right. I'm on the cutting edge for Woo, the local. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, um, the, one of the reasons I got this podcast started was I was really upset about the trail. Um, I live near the levee, and, and it's named the Tom Urbanski Trail, and maybe you work for Tom Urbanski. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about him and how that trail project got Yeah,
1: going. and um, I'm really um, happy that I was able to get the trail renamed after him because um, – the trail came about because of his efforts, and Bill Orndorff, who had the idea and brought it to – Bill Orndorf was the planning director at the city. He brought the idea to Tom Urbanski when he was the 5th District Supervisor, and Tom had to jump through hoops and really push on the flood control director to get him to to decide that it was okay to have people in the levee because the flood control director was really <laughs>
0: – All right, so you work for uh, Tom Urbanski and –
1: yeah and so the flood control director at the time didn't want to have people in the levee because that's dangerous, and his main thing was flood control, so it took a lot of persuasion to get him to come around and he told me years later, yeah, um it was Tom, it was Tom because uh, we didn't want you know anybody on the levee, so taking that information to the city, I was able to get the well, Barry uh, Stotts and I took that information to the city because they, they need to see a nexus. We wanted something named after Tom because he was such a great person. He did so much for this community. And maybe
0: you could tell us a b- little bit about his background.
1: Uh, well, Tom had been a teacher and a counselor in high school, and I c- don't know everything about him, but he had done that at Santa Maria High for many years, and then he'd been on the city council um, city of Santa Maria, um, and he was a county supervisor for eight years, so I worked for him during those eight years that he was at the county. And he was just a, an overall good guy. He yeah. just, he, you know, he was for the people. He did a lot of projects that um, were, were just helpful. He was open-minded. He listened like nobody else. Um, he was a good person to work for and just a good person. He just, yeah,
0: I remember that about him, yeah. He
1: had a good heart, and it's sad that, you know, we lost him several years ago. But, um, yeah, good guy. I really liked working for him.
0: Well, and then you went into journalism. I know you had several assignments at the Santa Maria Times.
1: Yeah, Journal uh, Santa Maria Times was a place I worked for for three years full time. Oh wow! Yeah, um, so I, you know, my, I started out at City News Service in Los Angeles, which was a local wire service serving Orange County and Los Angeles County, and that was kind of an interesting job. Good starting out job and then I went to WNMB radio for a year in South Carolina and then came to Santa Maria and and worked three years with the Santa Maria Times and I was looking to maybe go to another news publication if I could get hired when um when I hosted a dinner for Outstanding Young Farmers because I was a member of the Santa Maria Valley JCS, and that's where I met um uh, a supervisor's campaign manager and we sat and had dinner together and he was really impressed with with me because he used to be a print journalist as well and then the next thing I know is a friend's telling me yeah the the candidate for supervisor is really thinking that maybe he'd like to hire you if he wins I'm uh-huh. like are you kidding I hardly said five words to him he goes yeah but he's really impressed I'm like well okay whatever you know and I just huh? blew it off because I didn't know the guy and and uh, then the next thing I know is he gets elected he asked me if I want to be on his staff and then then I'm working at the county. and that was really nice because I'd been living in my parents' garage and uh, I had a choice I could either buy a car because I needed a car to go places or it would break down and I needed a new car or I could go rent an apartment, but I didn't make enough money at Santa Maria Times to do both. <laughs> and when they hired me at the county, they like doubled my salary from what I'd been making. I'm like, yeah, this isn't so bad. I kind of like that. But the trade-off was, when you work at the the paper people want to talk to you and they present their best side and when you go work at the county and the supervisor who you're working for has run on grievances you get all those people who had grievances calling you so all of a sudden i became the complaint department and i'm going like oh, okay all right well it's it's worth it i you know i can i can do this if they're paying me enough i can do this
0: <laughs> well, what was the Santa Maria Times like? Uh, I mean, it was more vibrant. And I mean, do you know, remember how many people worked there oh, at that
1: time? Yeah, we had a lot of reporters. I, I don't know, 10 or 12 reporters, maybe. And, and, and a big staff for sports, although some of them were part time, but, um, you know, probably half dozen or, or so more or more than that that were sports. And then um, several editors. And um, we had a few photographers. And the, the the building was a buzz. It was just full of people. I don't. I think there was a hundred or more that worked there. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many reporters they have now. I think maybe it's only a couple and a couple of editors. Um, and I don't even know if they have a full-time photographer anymore. I think they they just contract that out. That's my my impression. Um, so it's it's really sad because it's not. The San Maria Times' fault, it's that the industry has changed so much. With the Internet, so many people are going and putting their monies, their advertising money into different um, places. And so there's not as much to go into the newspaper. But it's really important to support the newspaper. I still support it, and I subscribe to it. And I, I do too.
0: I've been, mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, you know, you need to have that local news. And, and the, the news that they do cover is a county and the city, and you really need to have that, if you lose that you don't you don't have you don't have democracy there's another um organization, Newshawk, which is published only online and they do publish up here and they do a good job of covering the news um The main reporter for that used to work for the santa maria times um and so those are two good two good ones um of course, there's the santa maria sun and, and new Times new well new Times doesn't really cover here, but santa Maria Sun so we do still have local journalism, but it's it's harder for them to survive with less advertising revenue. So.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I really wanted to do this podcast is that I just felt like this is a trend that's going on all over the country, and and really in small communities like ours, there's often there's only conservative talk radio and, uh, and very little in the print, and I, I kind of felt like we were kind of going in that direction and that maybe podcasting it can fill a void for maybe voices that aren't really heard in the mainstream media
1: yeah it would be really great to have a a big following that you could you know be hearing what what people are saying it's really hard i don't know how what your following is or what it will become but it's really hard to build it up i understand so
0: takes a lot of time i think
1: yeah but it's, it's needed definitely needed and um if you could have a radio station, where, and yet they had the money to where you can go pay for your, your show, which has happened with some of the conservative. Oh, is
0: shows. that how that
1: I'm told. Works. I'm told that, that a certain conservative show just paid to have that time slot. And because they had lots of money, they could just put somebody on the air on a regular basis, and they didn't have to... Um, they didn't have to, you know, they go the regular route where most most of us do. We have to show that we're, we can attract an audience. But when they paid for their slot, they just got that slot. But then you know what? It's a, some of these conservative radio stations, that's good for them because that's the type of audience they're attracting. And they want to listen to the people that are espousing those views. So it works out for them.
0: Now, so what did you, I remember that, Where Sparky column, uh, uh, I'm sure Sparky's not around with us.
1: Not, not the original Sparky. I did a second version. <laughs> it was of Sparky Sp- number two? Yeah, I did oh. a second version with it. Oh, a, yeah. After Sparky, the first Sparky, whose actual name was Ginger, she was uh-huh. uh, Silky, uh, Silky Terrier. And the reason why I developed Sparky, the Where Sparky column, Well, first of all, let me tell you, for people who don't know, I took my dog to different places in the Santa Maria Valley, and I did a close-up of her, and I made a contest at the Santa Maria Times, and it said, where's Sparky? And I'd give a few clues, and you'd see this picture, and you could enter a contest. And I had a lot of people entering the contest, and next week I'd publish the answer, and I'd publish a new question. And so that ran for a year until the Santa Maria Times changed publishers, and the new publisher didn't want it. But at the same time that, um, well, the Century Times had asked me to do uh, a social column a few years before that.
0: And what is a social column look like in- It
1: it well it originally was the idea was just to go and, you know, write a few paragraphs about a few different things and that's how I started, but then I ended up covering uh nonprofit groups that were doing like fundraisers. That was the biggest thing. But um yeah, that's what it mostly was. It could it could also be um, something smaller than that. <laughs> the Century Times used to have a thing called uh, "What We Ear," and it, I think it was maybe it was supposed to be a, a bigger version of "What We Ear" because uh, "What We Ear" was a- apostrophe E A R, like "What We Hear." But as reporters, we were required to come up with an ear a day. We just called it an the ear, and um, it was the, it was supposedly the ear that wrote these these snippets about people Oh wow! and so they were always wondering well who's the ear well we all were the ear and if we didn't like you it's
0: like you like who's q
1: yeah right uh,
0: it, everyone was the ear. <laughs> that's a precursor to
1: oh well and we'd have our rep- we'd have the editors going where are your ears well i'm like okay I'm, i'll give you an ear and i got lucky because jack garvin i was covering schools at the time and jack garvin well, at first I was. And he would always have something for me. So if I didn't come up with an ear, I'd be calling Jack, and he'd give oh, me something. Wow. Uh-huh. But it was really like little personal things that were really cute. So, And usually they'd run three or four of these a day, and I was pretty good at getting them because I had a few sources that did that. And uh, people loved the ear. You know, I think that was the most read part of the paper. And then later when I left the, the newspaper and I went on to the county, one of the reporters called me and says, you know, we want to do a social column, I mean, and you're already out at everything, because when I was working for the county, I did that. I went to all these different groups to be like a liaison from the county, from this county supervisor's office. I'm like, well, it's not really what I had thought of, but it's good, because I, I couldn't do, you know, you know, investigative journalist, being that I'm working for this governmental agency, so I can just do this light and fluffy stuff. So I did it was originally called Round Town. Here's our little apostrophe, Round Town instead of a Round Town. And then it was Our Town, and then later it became Toast of the Coast. And I did that. I don't know, twenty, twenty five. Oh years wow, maybe. yeah, I remember
0: that. You had a, a very, you had a distinguished look.
1: Yeah, I that. had a hat. I mm-hmm. had a sometimes it was a white hat with a red flower, and everybody thought it was a red hat. <laughs> it was just really funny. <laughs> and then later I started wearing a red hat. Um, yeah, so I, that was my persona. I'd go out and I'd be Toast of to the Coast and. Take pictures and write about people. Um I sometimes I think, well maybe I should do a book, Toast of the Coast. All these people love to see themselves published, right? But I don't know. Yeah. Hey.
0: Didn't we go to Santa Maria Day in Washington? Were you on that trip? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That was when
0: What do you remember about
1: yeah, that? Yeah, when Walter Caps was was uh was alive and he died right after that. Yeah. So he had that um Santa Maria Day in Washington and and we got to go <laughs> we got to go sit in the vice president's office and do you remember the phone call that i pretend to make and then somebody i I picked up the i didn't know there was going to be somebody on the other end i should have known this but i picked it up just to pretend like i'm making a call and the the operator goes hello hello who is this And i'm like oh my gosh i'm so sorry
0: (laughs) and that was during the clinton administration i believe and uh and it was, I remember the press secretary, we, we met with the press secretary, and uh, I remember Senator Dick Gebhardt. I met John Lewis uh,
1: oh.
0: on that trip. Was, and you,
1: was, you, know, you know, what I remember is Clarence Manetti making barbecue, making Top Block, barbecue for us. And I thought the most wonderful thing was that we had people from all sorts of different viewpoints there together, celebrating Santa Maria, and we could all get along and have a good time.
0: It was when Abel Maldonado had just been elected mayor,
1: uh-huh.
0: and I remember meeting Sonny Bono at one Ooh. of those at that. Uh, so yeah, that was a that was really such a great trip, and it's such an opportunity to showcase our little Hamlet out here.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it was really positive. I don't remember all the details, just a few things about it, but. Yeah, really nice thing.
0: Well, now you're working for SB CAN. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what SB CAN does?
1: Well, SB CAN stands for Santa Barbara County Action Network, and it was started in 2002. So we're just, we're like 21 years old now, which is really, really great. And when they started, I was working for the county, and they came on very strong with this progressive voice that showed up at all the Board of Supervisors hearings, um, represented by Dave Fortson, who was the first executive director, and it was really amazing to me because up in the North County, we didn't have a lot of progressive voices speaking out, and there were a lot of issues that just didn't have anybody there to say how they felt about them, and then all of a sudden, there was somebody there all the time oh
0: wow that was an early progressive voice
1: yeah Uh and you know we had you know we had some people who were doing things and they'd be there occasionally and that was great as far as it went but it just wasn't enough and then when SB Can came around I was just flabbergasted I was just going this is really great this organization they invited me to be on the board and I did it very briefly because I was just so involved in too many things And then I became a volunteer for them. And then later they asked, uh, did photography at their awards dinner was my first thing. And then later they asked me to do some graphic work and I did that. And then then they wanted me just to do some more graphic work but they actually asked, you know, told me that they'd like to pay me. And I'm like, okay. And so it just built up until I was finally doing more and more work and they, they hired me on a regular basis. This is after I left the county and I was just doing contract work, working from home. Kind of getting ahead of the curve of this working from home type of thing. Oh,
0: wow. You're Now you're ahead of the, ahead of the yeah, curve. Cause yeah,
1: because in 2003, I left the county, and I started doing different uh, contract jobs. So I've been doing that since 2003. Different, oh, my gosh. Different types of things. I And my responsibilities with the SB CAN became more and more over time. That's when I got to be associate director. Um uh, so this worked out really well, and exciting things now is we're working on a new project that's the Santa Maria River Healthy Watershed Initiative.
0: Well, and this does relate to the levee. I mean, we're right on the river here, and that's where the watershed goes. It goes east with the Cuyama and the and
1: the Cuyama River, and the Sisquak, and the Sisquak River. river. Well, why don't you give it? A- and the, well, the the watershed, you know, it's it's what separates. I mean, most people, I mean, I don't know. Some people know and some people don't know what a watershed is, but it's like a drainage area. And it's separated by the mountains, and one side drains one way and one side drains the other way. And so whatever drains into the same basin is part of our watershed. So our watershed goes all the way from a corner of Kern County and a little part of Ventura County um, and into San Luis Obispo County and Santa Barbara County. It's, um, and it's just the hills that surround the Cuyama River and the uh, Sisquak River. Where those two rivers come together, it becomes the Santa Maria River, and that drown, drains out to the ocean um, through Guadalupe. And um, at, the, at the end of that is the river estuary, which is where we... Uh, in partnership with Creeklands Conservation, we've, we're doing some. Uh, we're doing a project to start testing that water. They have done some testing. We got some people together to do testing, and then we had that big old rain that washed out the roads. Like three feet of, of water on the road to the beach to, uh, at Guadalupe, wow. and so we couldn't get back there. So now we're looking at testing right where the uh, Orchid Creek comes into the Santa Maria River, and we hope to start doing that soon. Uh, this month is when we'll. Um, probably have our next meeting and decide how to, how to access that. We think we can access it, but it, we're still working on it. So, so it the purpose exactly of happened. testing
0: is to just publicize the quality of the river? Yeah, so
1: the, the long-term goal with this group is to, to develop a local group that cares about watershed issues, the entire watershed, water quantity, water quality, uh, for recreational uses, for, for drinking water, for agricultural uses, and... Um, Uh, for the environment and but the first step of this and Creekland's developed this because they've done this up in San Luis County and they've got several projects going on up there Um, first step is to do a watershed report card and water quality report card and we decided to do that at the estuary except that we can't access it right now so uh, but that was just the kind of way to get started and then you you build on building blocks um and we'll see where we go next It'll, it's a long-term thing and it's you know it, it takes time and to, it takes interest we've developed actually it's, it's gone pretty well we wanted to have you know 10 to 25 people at an online training session that we would get out to the estuary our first online training session we got 30 people oh wow. so we're going like yes but we can't get out there now, so we have to... Oh, uh, you've
0: got all these people excited. <laughs> yeah, you know, the
1: January rains. so we have, to, we have to figure out, okay, now where can we go because we can't go where we meant to go. So we, we need to keep that interest up and, and keep developing it. We really like to have broad participation throughout the community. And we've, we have gotten a, a wide variety of uh, organizations involved and people from different backgrounds. So we're looking really good with this. We're really happy about it so far.
0: Well, uh, has the sb been involved with the update of the Santa Maria G- General Plan?
1: Yeah. As a matter of fact, we've been meeting about once a month to talk about um, aspects of the general plan, and, and a lot of it has been focused on housing. Um, we've been trying to get them to focus on natural resources, but they say we're not there yet. So mm. um, when they get to the natural resources part, we're going to have some more input, and that's where this watershed type of, of information could be helpful. Um, because they need to look at that and, and how climate change affects how we develop as a community, and also um, social justice type of issues. And they're actually required by the state to do some uh, program to do programming in there that addresses justice issues. Wow. Um, they have a choice of doing it either incorporating into each section or to have a sec- separate section or to do both. And I think we've been encouraging them to do both because. That just, it makes it the easiest way to reference. You can, if you're just looking for that, you can find it in the section. If you're looking for a certain section, you can see what you need to do with that type of, like, you're developing housing, what you need to do. And it'll include all the different aspects. So, yeah, we've been working with them on that. um, And some other community groups, too. We've been coming together once a month to, to work with that. As a matter of fact, we also have um, two roundtables that we host every month. One is focused on South County issues and one is ho- focused on North County issues. And then of course there are countywide issues that go into either one. And we get pretty good turnouts at those two. Those have been all online lately since the pandemic. Before the pandemic, we actually met in Santa Maria and Santa Barbara. But since then we've been meeting online. We get really good turnouts. We get a lot of good discussion. That goes to our, our board, who decides the positions they want to take on that, and then we go to the hearings and we talk to people, and it's been really good. and And, and I've got to say, you know, from the time that SB can started back in two thousand two, and there are hardly any progressive organizations in the North County. We have a lot more now, and it's really it's really encouraging. Um, they made a lot of impact, and it, it makes it easier for us to work, do our work too.
0: Well, yeah, you and I have seen a lot of change. Uh- And and I am seeing that as well that that and I'm interviewing a lot of these groups and there's there's a growing infrastructure of nonprofit organizations. A lot of it is from Santa Barbara as Santa Barbara Foundation and Fund for Santa Barbara. And we've really benefited from the nonprofit sector down south.
1: Those have been real supportive, but a lot of it has grown um, from up here, too, like uh, Pueblo was a local organization that's right, yeah. and Cause was down south, Pueblo was up north and they merged. So it made it a stronger organization. But Pueblo started up here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And people claim that can started down south, but we had members from North County who were pushing for this organization before it even became an organization. So it was countywide to start with, but people saw the South County more than they did the North. Um, I can tell now that, you know, we have a board member from almost every region, almost every city, not quite every city, but each each region we have, you know, Santa Maria, we have Lompoc represented and and Santa Ynez and um, Goleta, Carpinteria, Santa Barbara. I mean, we're just, our board members are, and they're diverse, diverse backgrounds, um, diverse ethnicities um and our our members are are also diverse too and they're throughout the county so we we truly are a countywide organization even though people tried to pigeonhole us and say you're you're south county you don't have any right to be speaking up here in north county <laughs> but it's it's never been that way it's been maybe there were in the beginning there were a few more that were south county but it, it's always been countywide and it it's totally you know it's totally balanced now um now uh Oh, I just want to oh, say th- some other organizations though, that, that have come on since that are really important, and, and I won't be able to mention them all, but we work closely with CAUSE, and we work with MECOPE, and we uh, Community Environmental Council is up here now. They're, oh, wow. And I heard. Yeah, and uh, their representative lives in Guadalupe, so it's really cool. The Dune Center, we've been working, working with them. We're actually working with all these groups on this um, Healthy Watershed Initiative, including also the... Um, natural history museum of Santa Maria and oh wow yeah so so all of these groups and there's more and I'm sorry I'm not mentioning everybody but I can't I'm not able to recall everything at once but uh it's been really good just to have all these groups coming together and on this topic on different topics um so so we're much more strong in in this representing a a progressive point of view than we had been wow
0: well I asked this question of my guests um what what do you think Santa Maria could do to improve? Where where do you think that the future of Santa Maria needs to go to make it a better place?
1: Oh, well, um, I think more emphasis on environmental, climate change type of issues and getting more people involved who are from underrepresented groups, um, I do st- I do belong to the Santa Maria Tree Committee right now, oh, wow. which is really great. They have some um, commissioners from the Recreation and Parks Department and Recreation and Parks staff, and they've got um, some people from different community organizations, but the steering committee, or whatever they call us, we're a very small group, and and I encourage them to get people who represent groups like COS and MECOPE, and I have done some connecting of those people with the city and I'm and I'm hoping that they're going to come online soon to be part of the planning process rather than later when they're going to do outreach to all these groups to the whole community if they're sitting around the table it makes much more impact than being at a at a meeting later on so i think i think that's part of it i think listening to you know people who come to the council meetings and really really listening to what they have to say. Sometimes I've gone there and I've had a a commissioner. (laughs) We had a really bad experience one time with the Recreation and Parks Commission where there were 20 of us who wanted to speak on an item and. And we were told we had to speak at public comment rather than the item itself. And then we were told we only got 50 seconds each instead of the three minutes that we were expecting. And we'd been working really hard on the Buena Vista Park project. And I was just like, if you want to get input from your people, you don't do this to them. Right. What you do is you listen to your people. And you're asking what they should They should listen. And when they come to the public meetings, you should should appreciate them and give them three minutes. Because there weren't there were maybe 20 people total or 25 people total in, in the audience. It's not like you're going to go until midnight because you let these people have three minutes. So I think they need to really pay attention to things like that. And I think the city council is probably a little better at that than the Recreation and Parks Commission was a few years ago when that happened. And maybe they're not that way now, but it it really did leave a bad taste in my mouth. And I really and, – and a lot of other people who – the 20 people who were there that night you know so just listen and invite participation and and go to those different community groups and talk to them and listen to them that's what I'd recommend
0: it's challenging I've noticed in this modern era that the participation in in boards and and politics is has waned you know people are participating less and uh so it would be nice to put some energy into that. But it really takes the city to go out there and figure out how are we going to engage these different communities.
1: Yeah, and, and it's getting people to participate in a way that works for them. And I've, I want to compliment the city on a different meeting they had where they set up a special meeting just for um, Spanish-speaking and, and accommodate people who s- spoke Misteco. And so they had it at the library, and they had a full house there and it was great because they mainly they just listened they they um, they did a wonderful job and i think if you do more of that then you really get your your community particip- participating you come up with solutions that work for everybody
0: wow well i'm telling my listeners that i have been doing some improv and you you are the one that introduced me to improv
1: <laughs> in the Senate, what was that do
0: you remember what the improv group was called
1: well we we had a couple of different names but the last name was smart Santa Maria Area Repertory Theater Sports. Repertory Theater Sports. I think we went by SMIT for a while. Santa Maria Improvisational, <laughs> improvisational Theater. Smart, smart. But it, I think, yeah, smarts, smarts was the last thing. We kind of like being smarts. <laughs> And I'm so glad the, you're doing uh, that. I w- I want to get back to that. Yeah,
0: well, well, yeah. It's a it's a fun group, and I remember the, da 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 You know, hey, write a song about uh hairspray. Okay, you know,
2: like, <laughs>
1: right. Like, and and people couldn't believe that we were just making it up. But it, and and I you know I watched uh Whose Line Is It, is it Anyway with people, and they're like, no, oh, no, they they planned that out beforehand. You know, they knew what they were gonna do. No, 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 they're. Not. I know from experience, I, there are certain things, maybe they didn't put on everything that they did. They probably had several scenes that they didn't even There's show. some editing. Yeah. 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 But, um, but yeah, you come up, we come up with a suggestion and you do something and you have a game with a structure. So you've got something that you know to go by. But, uh, yeah, it's all made up.
0: Well, it probably gives you, you know, gave you confidence as you,
1: it in w- the
0: political arena. And- it
1: was a stress relief for me. It oh, was, Yeah. It was just and it I, just pure fun, I mean, I just really enjoyed that, um, yeah, I missed it when John Kendi was our director, and he was just so good at directing and after he left, we, we kept going and it worked for a while, but it was just was never the same once once he moved to Las Vegas.
0: Oh wow, it's really one specific person what what, what what's his name?
1: John Kindy, K-I-N-D-E. And he unfortunately passed away a few years ago. I did see him in Vegas. He had another group. and, <laughs> and Where did I, he well, learn
0: improv? Do you know? Do you I,
1: I don't know, but I learned about it from him when I was in Toastmasters. And he invited the Toastmasters to come do improv. And so, so he started the group, and yeah, we did it. It was really funny because I, I did go down to Santa Barbara, and I was thinking about joining their group, and I did practice down there with them, but the the drive was just didn't excite me. But I went down there, um, and I went down there with Ken, who's my husband now. I think I think I was just dating him then, and they and I was told that people could sit in the audience and watch oh no 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 <laughs> so Ken's sitting out there they're going like, no 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 you can't watch you have to get up there and perform he's up there going like oh, <laughs> like a rabbit in the headlights but but he did okay and they had fun with him
2: <laughs> <laughs> had fun then, with him.
1: and then we went to Vegas uh-huh. and I took my my nephew and his family and I got the same thing they said yeah you can sit in the audience and watch you don't have to be part of it <laughs> don't ever believe that because they at a workshop they're not going to let you do that so they made them all get up and I'm going like I'm so sorry they told me that you wouldn't have to perform but they they enjoyed it anyway they had a good time and I thought my nephew for sure was going to kill me but he enjoyed it because it was just you know it was not up his alley he didn't think so but he did it he did good and we all had fun
0: (laughs) well it's nice I what I find is that after COVID and, and I, I just being around people and finding something that is social and I really appreciate that about improv. Yeah. 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 I got your back. That kind of attitude. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about your group. It's,
0: it is, uh it is a, uh, the director came from second city and uh she, her fiance also came from Chicago and, so they're doing a couple performances a month and, and they were really working during COVID. I mean, I think it's about five years old, and they were working during COVID. And, but people are people were practicing and you could really see a lot of skill. Mm-hmm. And uh, So I just love to laugh. I just think it's for me as at this stage of my life and, and the stresses of life, it's just we need to laugh more. It's the yeah. best medicine. Yeah,
1: it definitely is. And we talked about you being in the development business when you came here, but you became a teacher many years ago.
2: And yes, I, thought, I did.
1: That really surprised me because going from developing to teaching, I never did understand that. What, 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 oh, yeah? was it, what was your deal? Well, how did you make that switch, or why did you make that switch?
0: Well, I, my, I have teachers in my family, and I was doing planning in the public sector in San Diego for the city. And so I went to the private sector, and it was more like you're on the side of developers. We were working on Rice Ranch and Orchid, and there was a community plan at that time. And you kind of felt like you were a lawyer for developers, and, and um, I just got kind of tired of that. And then it was very unstable um, with the economy, I think, in, uh, with the, when a recession comes. And, then, and I just appreciated working for the government more having more of that stability so having the teacher my mom's a teacher and so that's when i made the move
1: Whoa. i'm happy
0: i did yeah. and it's a hard work
1: yeah i couldn't i mean I, i've substitute i mean i've like intern taught as a I, I, when i was in college i did this little jtpa thing with kindergartners and i couldn't keep their attention for 30 seconds you know <laughs> it's like you have to have a new thing every and then i did a, another in-school in-school scouting program for a short time when I was in college and I'm, I'm going like, I am not cut out for this. You have to really be special to be able to, to teach.
0: Well, uh, yeah, you do. It's, it's definitely a calling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we watched the Lorax today, uh, at school. It's Dr. Seuss day. And, oh, and, uh, but it is, it's an allegory to, I mean, we've talked about development issues, cutting down the oaks.
2: Uh-huh.
0: and, uh, and so it, it's really a, an important story for this day and age as well, taking care of our environment and and our watershed. And uh, so uh, we can still learn a lot from Dr. Seuss.
1: Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> well,
0: thank you. Uh, thank you, Jeannie, for coming. It's really nice to talk to you.
1: Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. All right, take care. Right.
0: reached the end of another episode of the cowboy jeff and andy podcast i would like to thank Jeannie sparks from sb can for joining us today you can reach us on instagram at cowboy jeff and andy and if you want to reach me my email i'm on yahoo yes i'm still on yahoo at andy watson at yahoo.com So hope you have a good weekend. Bye-bye.